We're in the heart of Paris, and uh, appropriately enough, we're in a pretty relaxed atmosphere. Now, when I tried to set up this interview, I was told by my interviewee that maybe half an hour wasn't going to be long enough because he's very, <laughs> very talkative. So, ladies and gentlemen of Le Bourgeois, you better sit down, strap in, because David Bellion is in Le Bourgeois living room, <laughs> as it were. Welcome, David. Thank you. Hello. Thank you very much for this uh, invitation. Fabulous to have you here. Now, we, we've, we've met on a very rainy and grey day in, in Paris, which, as some, somebody who's, who grew up on the south, in the south of France, you can't be too used to that. But then again, you did manage to do what no English person would ever do, and that is swap can yeah. to go to Sunderland. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm a paradoxical person, I think. No, I'm just... Uh, no, um, I left uh, with a lot of joy to the north of England. And then I was born in Paris. I'm from the area, so I have no problem with the grey time and weather. Actually, sometimes uh, we speak with friends, because a lot of people, for them, the paradise is the sun and the beach and stuff. And me, I actually like fall, I like winter, I like grey weather. I'm not saying I don't like sun but I, I have I like this kind of atmosphere it's not something that bothers me did, were you even did you even know about Sunderland had you could you find it on the map before uh, you went there I mean I would like to say that we'll find it on the map the first time mm. uh, the first time I went I just discovered after I didn't have the internet at the time so <laughs> it took <laughs> I don't know even know I look at the map but it was old school I guess but no, 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 I knew Newcastle, of course, and Sunderland because I was watching the Premier League on mm. French TV. Mm. But, uh, you know, you had to look at where it exactly is. I know it's north of England. Uh, but no, I was really excited. I remember how it happened. Um, I was playing for Cannes. Um, so I'm from Paris, but I grew up in Cannes. And then uh, my last year in Cannes, I was doing very well. And then a lot of... Um, well, this is another, yeah. another, another thing we're used to on Le Bourgeois, you know, the yeah, arrival of hot like drinks. Exactly. Merci, merci. That's a coffee for merci. me. And green tea and mint for me. Green tea and mint for Mr. Bellion. Moroccan tea is my passion. Ah, how yes. come? Uh, not not, not English tea? No, uh, <laughs> no, no honestly, my, my, yeah, my, my uh, legal drugs is Moroccan tea because all my friends, were, which I grew up, are either Algerian, Moroccan, Tunisian. And then uh, they taught me how to do it. So it's kind of my trick at home. I cannot cook, but I know how to do great Moroccan tea. So, yeah. I know. So when I played the football in Cannes, uh, la the last year I was doing very well. Scouts were coming to Cannes to see me playing. And the very strange things about it is that I was not in uh, the first team. And the first team was in French second division. Mm. So it's uh, equivalent of championship. And he was going down. It was a terrible year. I was in reserve of that. So I don't know if you imagine. I was in reserve of a team that was very, doing very bad, going down. Um, but I was doing well in my uh, league. And then uh, the last game of the season, we played a team from Corsica called Borgo. B-O-R-G-O. And... Uh, one of the agents that was speaking to my parents, um, which is an ex-legend of uh, Cannes when he was an uh, ex-professional, he said, oh, I'm going to bring some team. And that game, he brought Ricky's Bragia. Yeah. So Ricky's Bragia came, and uh, after, half, after one half time, he spoke to um, 
Peter Reed uh, and say we need to take him and that's how it happened. It was uh, one half time that decided uh, among other team they say we need to take him and uh, from that I uh, went to Sunderland to visit and the, the, the truth is that Nantes became champion this year mm. and Nantes wanted me as well mm. and uh, I wanted to go to Nantes because Nantes played the football style that yep. was equivalent to Cannes uh, Academy what I learned everything on the floor fast pass right, right. and then I just said to the, that agent that I was not signing yet but now he's like a father to me we're still friends uh, it's called Jose, Jose Bray. I say I want to go to Nantes I want to go to Nantes say listen look at Sunderland they say they really want you and stuff mm. I say ah oh, I mean, not. I'm from France, blah, 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 blah. and I went, and I just went uh, f- love at first sight. I mean, uh, I arrived there. I was very uh, not on the defensive, but I didn't know where I was really going. I knew a little bit. Yeah. And Premier League was a dream. But I, I wasn't sure and stuff. And when I saw the stadium, <laughs> I saw the. I think it was called the Charlie Hurley, the old football ground. Yes. Was it Charlie Charlie Hurley, the, the center, the training center? That was the, the old school. Yeah. I saw the center. I saw the stadium. I just don't know. I'm very instinctive. I said, oh, I like it. So when I came back, I was with my best friend. And the, that was also my best man. And then we were in a beach in South of France. And I was just telling, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. You have to understand Instagram, Twitter, all that didn't exist at the of course, time. Yeah. It's just a phone. And I just say, I don't know, Nantes, Sunderland. It was just there. Only him and me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to Sunderland. So I called Jose. I said, I'm going to Sunderland. So after the call, I just look at my friend. And I just said, that's it. I'm going to Sunderland. So a few days after, I went to Sunderland, did my medical, come back, and then uh, spoke to my uh, stepfather. I mean, my mom was uh, my, my mom and my stepfather were separated, but okay. they were living not far from each other. When I came back, I s- on the Monday or Tuesday, I know I, s- I I did the medical on Monday, and I think I m- must have seen him on the night. And I said, okay, I signed the contract, and uh, my I saw my stepfather. And that's the last time I saw him because uh, the w- two days after, I tried to call him. Thursday, I tried to call him. Friday, I tried to call him. And Friday, I went to his home knocking on the door. And I didn't understand why he was pick- not picking up the phone because he canceled a meal that we supposed to have on Wednesday. Okay. So that was a Wednesday 4th of uh, July, I guess. Then Thursday 5th. Friday 6, Saturday 7, Sunday 8, and I start Monday the 9th. And on Monday, uh, Saturday, I fly. I say bye-bye to my mom, so I leave my, uh, my apartment where I grew up. Right. On Saturday, I arrive in that guest house in Sea Road. Uh, then, uh, you know, I, I arrive and I become friend with a guy that just signed from Ajax to Sunderland, Baki Mersimek. He's one of my best friends now. And then on Sunday, we do a, like a little warm-up on the beach. We run him and me and we discuss. Right, right. On Saturday, uh, there's a Chrysler coming, like a Voyager coming to pick us up to bring us to the Charlie Early ground. And Lilian Lasland is in the, in the car and I was like, that's, this, that's Lilian Lasland. And I was just, just a young kid, you know. And then on, I do the running and then an afternoon I come back to the guest. I mean, it was the first training was just a run. Mm. On the Saturday, on the Monday afternoon, I go and have a sleep. I woke up and uh, a, a cousin of my stepfather that raised me saying, uh, uh, David, what, is it true that uh, uh, Alain uh, hung himself? And he thought I knew. I didn't know. So that was my first day of training. I trained. And in the afternoon, I 
I, I, I discovered this. So, um, of course, I'm in all the state because mm. I, mean, mm. I didn't know why, what happened. It was 37. So I was just young. I have no idea what happened. There were no flights from Newcastle to Nice. Right. So they brought me to London to Nice. And yeah, so that was the very first oh. emotional shock that I had in my life. Mm. It was the first day training in Sunderland. So that's how I discovered Sunderland. And then uh, I stayed a few days for five days to try to discover what happened. And back in the plane to Lille. And Lille, we went to Le Touquet because the the pre-season training of Sunderland mm. was in Le Touquet. Right. And I come back uh, four or five days after. Yeah. So, a, I mean, that's a huge... Mm. It's a huge change, personally, anyway, for anybody to move to move anywhere like that. Yeah. Different country, different language, different culture. But then that on top of it, I mean, it, it, how, how was the long-term effect on your character? I mean, that, 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 you must have had to have been pretty strong to get, to get through uh, all of that. I was... Uh, the character, I mean, um, I knew that my dad, uh, my stepfather, my, my real father is in Paris. We have a great relationship. You know, I was raised by my stepfather and my mother. When I found out, uh, the, now that we talk about it, I remember where I was when I had this phone. And, you know, I mean, for every, everybody in life lost someone. But that young and still now, I still don't know really the why. Mm. Um, it was uh, um, it's just strange because uh, I knew that either I give up and it was my first day of training and you become mm. mad and stuff or just saying, you know what, what, what else can happen worse yeah. to me than things like that, right. news like this. So actually, it was... Uh, it didn't deliver me from something because I was always like... A, a free spirit on a football pitch but when I came back you know it, I, I even like reached a full potential of freedom so fast because just saying you know what what can, else can happen mm. so uh, automatically I did that few days of training in Sunderland I was exhausted because I didn't sleep for five days and then when I arrived we did a few training uh, I remember the day I arrived, I arrived at 2 a.m. because the taxi driver from Lille to Le Touquet, because he, he saw that I was like somewhere else and my agent didn't know, right. he was a con and he started to put us in small road. Ah. So first it was that so I arrived at 2, my agent said you need to wake up at 6 because you have a riding bike. So I slept four hours, I did it, and Peter Reed said to my agent, which he was his friend as well after, he said, Mike, you should have told him to sleep. So I was exhausted, but I did it. And then we did our first friendly game against Calais. Calais was, a, they just did the French uh, Cup final. They were oh, yeah. finalists mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm. And I did the game of my life. I mean, uh, I was exhausted. I did 60 minutes, I was cramped. Uh, the fans of Sunderland, because they didn't know who I was. I mean, they, yeah. nobody knew who I was. Yeah. And I did the game like, uh, I don't know, I just did <laughs> everything. It was like, I was like Pele or whatever on this, on this game. So the Sunderland fan, for them, I was like, who is that player? So yeah. I was always, uh, my, mind, my, my dad was in my mind while I was playing. And then I was just playing like street football. I really like street football and I was just thinking, make play people doing like sombreros and stuff. It was crazy. <laughs> and Bobby Saxon and Peter Reed say that uh, in, in 
in 40 years of career, they never see a, a start like this. And then me, I didn't understand all that. I was still grieving. That yes. was the name. And then once I finish, I remember I look at crumbs. They put me on the bench. And then the cookie, who was the kitman, he took me and he brought me back to the, tra the training, to the, to the dressing room. And I had to go over the, over the fan. Uh -huh. The fan was cheating my name. I didn't understand. I didn't know. And they just clap. And uh, cookie... I had like a, a, a plaid, like a hot uh, towel over my uh, shoulder because it was cold. And he said, look, it's for you and stuff. So, ah bon? So I just uh, <laughs> came back, I didn't really know. So it was all that. I mean, I, of course, I remember it was so raw and fresh and, and painful that I remember this time. And then after that, we moved to Sunderland and I did my preseason. No, I did the preseason there and we went to Exeter. We did, we did the preseason around Exeter to a nice hotel. So, yeah. It was very, did you say vivid memory? No? Yeah, vivid memory. I remember yeah. all. I remember yeah. uh, playing poker for the first, uh, playing card for the first time. And I say, I'm not playing card because I don't gamble. And they say, oh, come on, come on. And then I, I, gum, I mean, I just say no. But, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, you need to do this. And I just played uh, 200 pounds in something because I didn't know. But they say, no, 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 do it. I lost, never gambled in my life after that. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then uh, I, I started a beautiful preseason, and that's it. What's yeah. a, what's what's really surprising for me? I'm, as you know, and maybe the listeners don't know, I'm actually from the northeast of England. I was a Sunderland fan as a kid. I actually watched David play for Sunderland when I was uh, still a, still a fervent supporter of the club. What what really surprises me, David, is that you have such a connection to to this part of the to to, to my part of the world. Because it's it's such an unusual place. It's it's nothing like really. There's only one or two little places in France, maybe Lens, maybe Saint Etienne, yes. which mm. which are like Sunderland. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a very it can be a very grey yeah. place in terms of the weather, but it can also be a very a very welcoming place for for people. But I mean, you you just have such a. a a real connection and you remember so much about that time yeah. it's obviously it was obviously very important to you as a person and obviously as a footballer too well what was important is that when I lost my stepfather the whole club uh, uh, took care of me uh, mm. emotionally speaking right so my agent Michael Morris he was a good friend with uh, Peter Reed with Adrian East with Bobby Saxon I'm saying good friend they were friends they knew each other They were, uh, of course, the Mike Morris, which became also like a father to me. Um, he just just met me once before. So mm. he was, you know, everybody was devastated. I was only 18. Mm. My stepfather was 37. So I think they must have passed the message to the club. So the club was very, very nice to me. Right. And then that's one thing. But even if they were not nice to me, extra nice. The people of north of England is already born being very, very uh, care, uh, uh, caring, caring. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, they with you, on, you, you like everywhere where I was. You know, you can go for a sh you. Went, you can even go to the grocery store, and the woman at the tail, the woman that going she's just nice and say all right love you know things like this you know things that you don't have in <laughs> south of france but you know oh, oh away and you this an accent and everything was nice and then and i grew up so fast i mean when you have a death that is uh, by hanging and you don't know it's so raw and young 
you have something else in your mind that mm. make you grow so fast. Mm. Um, and then, um, and my mom was very low key person. She was she she was from a poor family. My stepfather was a uh, he got raised by his. Uh, grandparents because you know he said like foster home he got foster so I had parents very young because my mom she had me she was 1920 her step uh, her boyfriend that was my stepfather was 19 something like this uh, so I ra- I was raised with young struggling parents mm. you know and my mm. father also was struggling in in Paris mm. so I and I grew up with friends that were struggling too so and we were all happy what I'm saying is that it was not like every day, oh, you know, I have a sad life. No, you know, so I just think that um, when I went to north of England, I met the people that kind of raised me. Mm. Same, same state of mind, you know, mm. no bling bling, no things. Mm. Just stay, same state of mind. So it was the best pitch and the best city and the best team to, uh, to grow up on the pitch. Because... Mm. Um, you have fans, die-hard fans that whether you lose or win, they sing. You had people that cared for me. Uh, I'm in England, which is a beautiful country. I'm young. Um, it was just a free spirit. So, yeah, I remember everything. You know, the roads and the Rec Vardy car center because it was a sponsor. And then uh, the, the, the first uh, Gene Levis I bought there to a shop that was offered me a Comme des Garçons fragrance and which is like which is a crazy brand it was 2001 I don't know and they didn't have to do that but mm. somehow and I believe in God so I know that sometimes things in life happen that you know sometimes things happen for a reason uh, and I don't believe in destiny it's not a question of destiny it's just a question that you know I've always in deep down my heart was always a good person I always love people I love to talk to people in Morrison or, or, or Tesco <laughs> or whatever I was just talking to people knowing who they was uh-huh. uh, the people see me on the street during my time I was not like someone that was in, in his ivory tower right. sleeping and not meeting people every day I was out walking on my own taking my car or my by, my friends from Cannes coming for uh, two weeks on holidays we were right. always chilling so yes, right. yes I remember vividly all that yes on the pitch, I mean, at the time, Sunderland had a, a, a had a pretty decent side, mm-hmm. and they had some really good strikers. Yes. Kev- Kevin Phillips, right? Niall Quinn, Quinn. Disco Pants, Niall Quinn, Disco <laughs> Pants. Niall Quinn was one of the nicest men I've ever met at the time. You know, so caring. But I mean, he had Tommy Sorensen in the goal, mm. Emerson Tom, Stanislas Varga, Bernd, Bernd Ass, Mike, Mickey Gray, Stephen Schwartz, Kevin Kilban, um, Jason McAteer. Mm. Uh, Kevin Phillips and Neil Quinn and who is the last one? Julio Julio Arca Julio that was Arca. the team yeah. and then on the bench I mean I mean, I was always on the bench so it was crazy I mean I was in the 16 all the time so I was so happy uh, you had uh, Darren Williams uh, uh, what, what, what's his name? Uh, mm. he was best friend with Mickey Gray Paul Thurwell yeah. you had uh, Paul Thurwell Darren Williams often on the bench uh, or sometimes Lillian Lassland was starting to play mm. sometimes it was Niall Quinn so it was Niall Quinn uh, Lillian um, yeah we were just there and it, I just discovered life you know and then uh, at the transfer market Lillian went on loan to Cologne then um, Patrick Mboma came mm. like a hero for me I mean mm. so yeah I remember everything Tracy that used to take care of our 
uh, administration paper. <laughs> I was such lazy. Whenever I sing like letter, you know, like plumber, electricity, whatever, I just come home. I said, I don't understand. And then they just helped me with my paperwork. And you know, the first sleep wage, I mean, my first sleep wage, when you go, I saw the sleep wage and I was like, uh, the win bonus, like the signing bonus and whatever you call it. And my salary and my mom's, my mom was on... 8,000 uh, 2001 8,000 pound a year right you know 7,000 pound a right. year or 8,000 pound a year and on the signing bonus I already <laughs> I mean like uh, you know it was crazy I mean just so, look at that and then I went to Barclays because I was at Barclays uh -huh. when I I saw the slip I took the car from zero to the next Barclays put the code I put I saw the the amount <laughs> and then I just like uh, you know in your life you just think I I am, you know, you just think I am rich, you know, <laughs> so which it was not a question of money because I yeah, never yeah. cared about money. But I looked at it and you have like uh, you sweating your hands, sweating and stuff. Yeah. I, said, uh, I can give money to my mom. Hi, this is Matt Spiro. Thanks for listening to Le Bourgeois. Don't forget, we welcome your comments on social media using the hashtag Le Bourgeois or via our email league and podcast at gmail.com. Enjoy this week's pod, and we'll be back very soon. A bientôt. You go from Sunderland, you, you, you played there, and then Sir Alex Ferguson comes and says, this guy, he's got huge potential. He's the future of the, he's the, future of the club at Manchester United. Mm. And you signed for Manchester United. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, the thing is, when I was a kid... Um, I never doubted myself. I never doubted myself, really. Uh, I felt good in my own skin. Um, I never complained because we had a, not an easy life because my mom never complained. So, But I was obsessed by Ryan Giggs. When I used to see him on the pitch, uh, on the TV, we had, a, we had to hack Canal Plus at the time because we couldn't afford it. So we, we knew how to hack it. I'm not sure you should be telling us this. I mean, this, that was the truth. I mean, we hacked it with a box. It was like a hacking box that hacked mm -hmm. because Canal Plus was uh, the, ch the channel, you, you, it was blurry. Right. So you had to hack it. So we hacked it and I was watching uh, L'Equipe du, du Dimanche with right. uh, Thierry Gillardi. And then you had Ryan Giggs. And I always liked elegant player. Ryan Giggs was just, you know, he was like, he was not like uh, tall and strong, but the technique was unbelievable and somehow I always loved Mathieu Letizier because he was always scoring so I just saying hey, he's always scoring and stuff and Ryan Giggs and I said to my mom when I was 14 with my pyjama or 13 I would play for Manchester United Wow! and my mom knew that uh, I'm not laughing I, was just, I would play for Manchester United because I knew I was good at football right? even if other people was also good but I knew that I chased my dream and now my dream, now I'm in other field, I'm in sport, whatever I want, I work out as to obsession to do it. So in Sunderland, the, you know, like I tell you, sometimes life happened that we play um, the third game of the season. So we played, we played, uh, we, which we play? Ipswich, the first game was Ipswich. The second game, I think, was Newcastle. Then the third game is Manchester United. So me, oh no, the first game of the season was uh, Ipswich second Fulham. 
Then we played uh, Newcastle, second game away, then Manchester United. And me, I was just all my life, I'm going to play against Randy's, I'm going to play against Randy's, 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 Randy's. So I'm on the bench, and then, and then I was watching the game. Technically, I was just watching Ryan Giggs uh, running, you know. I was only 18, you have to right. understand. I yeah. was just a young kid. Yeah. And then uh, Kevin Kilban got injured at halftime. And then Dave Bowman, who was working for Nike in Ireland, the day of the game, with my toilet bag and my Hugo Boss suit with the tag on and whatever, in, because I did such a good preseason, <laughs> Nike spotted me. Okay. And Dave Bowman is giving me a Nike shoe, a Mercurial, Mercurial in a bronze color, and said, that's for you. Wow. And it was just, I opened the, the shoes and just like, wow, the shoes was amazing. Uh-huh. And then I just put it, <laughs> I was put the shoes. Half time, Kevin Killian got injured, I had these beautiful shoes, Ryan Giggs. Peter would say, warm up, come on, you're coming up. So the stress level was from zero to 200. Right. And I was just like running and, uh, you know, start to have your oxygen and I just think I'm going to play against Ryan Giggs. And then um, I played on the right wing, he played on the left wing, and I think I did a game that was, I mean, I just played the game like I was in a street. And then... Um, I, I played games where at some point I take on from more than my halftime everybody. Ryan Giggs, Nicky Bird, Paul Scott, I don't know. I just run like, kind of like Ben Arfa runs that he used to do. I run yeah. like this. Then I did one more dribble. I got full, full I got tackled in a box. Graham Paul was the, the referee. And ah, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't blow. And he was a... If I, if, West Brom doesn't tackle me I'm in front of the goal ah. in front of Roy Carroll and I score and I would have scored the game of the Premier League this year so on that on that run that's how the United, the Sunderland fan started to uh, say who is that kid and then Peter uh, Alex Ferguson at the end of the half time at the end of the game we lost 3-1 uh, watch Peter Reed say who's that kid that's how he started ah. he asked Peter Reed who's that kid and the fans of Sunderland they saw I was a uh, uh, I was kind of a spectacular in the way I was running. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, then the, the fans used to <laughs> always wanted me to go, go in the pitch. And um, Peter Reed was very smart because he didn't want to burn me too fast. Right. Uh, and the, play, the, the Super Sunderland fans started to sing, Bell is gonna get ya from the Reebok advert. Yeah, yeah. That was my thing. So it, everything was so crazy. And yes, after I know that uh, Alex Ferguson and the scout whatever they looked at me for two years development right then i signed four years to united yeah